This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. Close the bars and keep the schools open is what we really say. Obviously, the default position should be to try as best as possible within reason to keep the children in school or to get them back to school. Here's Jerry Callahan. That is Tuesday morning, December 1st, and we got we to gotta wrap this up quick here, guys, because uh, the NFL kicks off. The unique 10-38 kickoff this morning. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I love football. Can't get enough football. I'm not sure there's enough time for these guys to prepare for the game the same way Mike Tyson prepared for his fight, though. You know, a few bong hits, which... Which amazes me. I'm some. I'm amazed that someone would want to smoke pot before uh, getting in the ring and fighting, even though it was an exhibition between a couple of fifty-something-year-old guys. Um, we uh, also today are going to honor Sarah Fuller. Uh, we did that yesterday, but today there's some new developments. We want to congratulate her on her uh, on her Emmy uh, and her Heisman, and uh, we're going to nominate her for a Nobel Prize because I I think she can't win enough scott atlas is out and the uh trump administration which is bad news for people with kids in school that means dr fauci who's wrong about everything is still around of course he's the ultimate survivor but he's also he's winning fauci is winning and that is bad news because that means kids are losing We'll get into all that and a whole lot more on the callahan podcast today brought to you by dcu why do DCU members love their free checking accounts? It's simple. No monthly maintenance fees, no minimum balance, no strings attached. What's better is that with direct deposit to their free checking accounts, DCU members can get paid up to two days early. Zero monthly maintenance fees, zero monthly balance, zero reasons not to switch. They'll even re- remove the hassle of switching your direct deposits and automatic payments from your current checking account. Learn more and make the switch today at dcu.org slash free checking, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Cullinane is here. Uh, VB is back, and I'm glad you're here, both of you guys, but especially you, VB, because you get like 17 kids in school. And I have to say, if I did have kids in school still, my son's in college, which is frustrating enough, watching him do remote uh, and, and you know miss out on all the experiences of college. Um, but having young kids in school – and try to follow all the rules, many of which are arbitrary, and try to see something like the the, the uh, Dr. Fauci um, now saying kids should be back in school when you and I and everybody who was paying attention knew they should have never left school. But once they did in you know March, they should have been back by April, if not May, if not June. And the idea that this friggin' guy, this somehow this guy, is still the, the respected voice in DC on the pandemic when he's been wrong every step of the way. There's a, there's a great timeline from our friend Jordan Schachtel who goes through all the times that he publicly said it's too dangerous for kids to be in school. Now, nothing has changed since you know July except the politics. He got his guy elected, Biden. And now Dr. Fauci says, you know what? Kids should be back in school. You are a much, much more relaxed, composed, poised human being than I am because I would be taking hostages if I knew that my children's lives were being played with by this bureaucrat, this power-hungry bureaucrat and all his followers. I'd lose it. How do you keep – how do you continue to just follow along with the rules and, 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 and not snap? That's what I want to know. 
Uh, it's the old uh, follow the science, right? And, oh, and we, yeah. Follow the science, follow the science. But but again, what if they're, you know, so New York, for example, like I have a sister that lives in New York. We're not doing schools, period. It's too dangerous. And somebody did have the gall, some reporter from like NY1 or whatever, put up the hand and said, there's no evidence that kids get quiet. You know, you know we're just not, we're going to follow the science. Even though there's no science, whatever, that says it. I will tell you this, though, Jerry, I'm in a bit of a unique circumstance because in my town, I've always said the the question, the the existential question about all of this is, what, how much stomach do bureaucrats, you know, town administrators, school committee, et cetera, how much stomach do they have for this? And the second that somebody sneezes, are they shutting the school down? Right. My town's gone from level two to level four. They did it over the weekend. And to their credit, to this point, they have said, look, at least the younger ones, they're still coming and they're still like the buses are going this morning. But, but isn't the only question that you should have to answer is, are they vulnerable? Are they at risk? If they get the, the virus, do they end up in the hospital? Do they die? And the answer, as we've known since, I don't know, May is, of course not. They, your kids and all kids, all school age kids are pawns from the uh, uh, being used by the diabolical teachers union. You know that. These are people who do not care one bit about children. We've learned that now. We've learned it through the election season when their goal was to defeat the evil orange man. They did it, and now you hear people like Fauci saying, you know, maybe they should be back at school. His, he, he accomplished his goal. He got rid of Trump. Now they're going to say, you know what, maybe maybe we should worry about children. The, the 60 million kids whose lives are just being turned upside down by these, these hacks in Washington and these politicians who are in the tank for the teachers' union, I would be so infuriated. And, and again, I'm sure there are parents, I'm sure you know some, some fathers out there who are ready to just snap because it is, it's, it, 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 this isn't debatable. We know it. the kids aren't dying. We know, this, we, we know that now. Maybe we didn't know everything in June or May, but we know most, you know, we know a lot now. We know Dr. Anthony Fauci is an absolute fool who's been wrong about everything. I mean, everything. And again, I'll, I'll retweet this again, this timeline of Fauci talking about kids in school every month, every month he said something to say, and every month he's been wrong. Was and that, was that by the way, the, like an ultimate troll job to con conservatives yesterday by having Fauci with Mark Zuckerberg do like 90 minutes straight yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then on the same day, Dave, the same day they forced Scott Atlas, the only voice of reason on the task force, they forced him out and they celebrated. Now we know now that Atlas was right. Fauci was wrong. You got to explain this to me. I mean, we've lost our minds. The guy who was right about getting kids back in school, who was saying how criminal it was to keep kids locked away at home in front of a screen. You've, you've heard the stories. I mean, you, if you pay attention, some of them seep through the, uh, you know, the, the propaganda kids who are just, and you must know some kids who are just, uh, uh, trapped in this, this hell and they can't, and they're not learning. <clears throat> they're not socializing. They're not interacting. They're, they're being, uh, it, they're, they're, they're being, forced into this situation where they're learning nothing and it's no big deal because <clears throat> the teachers union, the members have had a nine month vacation and they want to keep it going. That's a fact that the teachers union's goal is to keep the nine month vacation going. They're not missing a paycheck. They're not missing any of their benefits. 
they don't want to go to work. Teach I'm not not teachers, not all teachers at least, but teachers unions do not give a damn about your children. We know that now. That's a good thing to come from this. We, it's it's obvious. But then when they turn around and say, you know, you can't put the kids back in school. It's too dangerous. Well, when are people going to stand up and say, we know that's a lie? Enough, enough. Just kick in the doors and send your kid to school. I can't imagine what it's like to have a, a special needs kid right now who can't learn remotely, who can't interact with anybody, who can't get any any of the benefits that, that he or she could get from going to school, all because the teachers union wants to use this crisis to their benefit. It must be maddening. It's worse. The part that gets me like, okay, people that have been in DC government for 50 years don't really know what they're doing or they do double speak. I'm used to that. I'm numb to that. Whatever. I'm not surprised. We all know, have different terms for that. Call it the swamp, call it what you want. I'm much more interested on a local level, Jerry. When you hear these stories, like I know your buddy Shattuck had one out of Littleton the other day, Vermont did it too, where not only are they are they making you the bad guy for even thinking about having your kids at school they're now turning your kids into snitches and kids are going to have to going in on monday in vermont they had to answer questionnaires as to what went on in their house who was there how close they were and if the answers weren't what the school wanted to hear in other words if grandma did come over the kids were being sent home i mean Jerry, I don't know about you, but I immediately looked at my wife and I said, these are the answers we need her to know that she's got to give if this is asked of her. Jesus. I, I am now forced to teach my kids how to lie on this. It's like, te- you know, do you remember as a kid, Jerry, when you were like seven and you went to your first confession and you asked your yeah, father, like, yeah. how does this work? He's like, just tell him you lied a couple of times and you yes, looked at the I did. I, it was one of my first acts of rebellion when I was right. Like, and I said, I'm not doing that again. They said, why not? Said, it doesn't make any sense to me why I have to talk <laughs> to a screen when I, I mean, you tell me I sit here and I could pray. God can hear my prayers, but for some reason I need a middleman to get uh, forgiveness. It didn't make any sense. But but the first time you went, you're like, oh my God, they usually set it up where there's this long walk and you were going down going, oh my God, is this real? I'm in trouble here, whatever. This is the same where the yeah, kids were going. Yeah. yeah the where, well, you know, I, where I went, we didn't have that screen. For some reason, uh, the priest wanted me to sit on his lap that day and, and it was a little uncomfortable, but I never went back to uh, to confession. It was one time only, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can you imagine? At least, so, at least we're long- learning something. In VB's household, his kids are learning to lie. So that's good. We're making progress. Well, and now, and you know, instead of schools having metal detectors walking in, you're going to have like stop snitching t-shirts available at the door because don't tell in your grandparents because all of a sudden now kids, and, and in some states and in some cases, you're, it's now 20 days where you're sitting out. It's not 14. Some are lowering it to 10, but others are wow. raising the number. Because you had five people at your house for Thanksgiving. And this is where it's getting crazy is the schools are using the Zooms or they're using the kids to find out information and they're prying into your business and they're telling you, this is how we're going to get at you. That's what gets you ticked off much more. Fauci, schmauchy. I'm used to that stuff and Redfield and all these guys. It's when they're literally saying, your kids are going to be the lemmings we want them to be or else that's where it gets tired. I, I know uh, others have said this, but it, it feels to me like if you keep a, I don't know, six, eight year old home for a year oh, and I've learning with no interaction that has permanent, that does permanent damage. You keep a special needs kid, an autistic kid at home. And I can't imagine the hell the parents are going through trying to get 
some special needs kids to to learn sit in front of a computer or uh, in a learn room uh, alone in a room or in the in the kitchen just alone. Okay, you're going to sit and listen to your teacher. I mean, it forget the fact that the parents are going through hell trying to balance you know their careers, their jobs with helping their kid or kids learn remotely. The damage it does to that kid is is I mean, we don't know it now. We maybe we won't know it for five, ten years. But, you know, the rest of my life, there'll be stories about, ooh, that one year or more that that kid missed school, set him back for more than a year or two. It's going to cause real damage, and nobody cares. I mean, let's be honest. The lockdown candidate won the election. I mean, they cheated, but uh, we're all in agreement that the lockdown candidate is our next president. Scott Atlas is out. Fauci is in, and for some, you know, he's nominated for Time Person of the Year. I mean, it's a very legitimate award because it's um, it's uh, AOC, Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, and Anthony Fauci. Those are your nominees. Somehow, Sarah Fuller didn't get nominated, but uh, that's no, that may still happen, that's, Jerry. It's not yeah, over. She could be a late, a late nominee, but I don't understand. And I know there are these parents, these liberal, these Karens out there, the parents that somehow think they're their six or eight year old is going to come home with the virus and kill everybody because they're stupid people who don't read up, who don't understand the virus, but people who have paid attention since, since April, since March, they know the kids belong in school. They know their children were used for political purposes up until the election. And now what a week ago, they closed schools in New York. And a week later they said, you know what? We should open them up. It, it amazes me that they were ever closed. We know kids you know. are getting the virus. Kids aren't dying from the virus and are rarely transmitting the virus. And if you're a 60-year-old teacher and you weigh 370 pounds, don't go to work. I understand. You're vulnerable. But if you're a 30-year-old teacher in good shape, you're almost as you're, – you're at no risk either. You should be at school. You should be at work. It, 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 and I don't know how – People like you handle it, BB. I'll give you credit. But you know and I know we're to excuse society, Jerry. We're always looking for something other than us that we can use to blame why things didn't turn out. Oh, yeah, but Trump, right? This is what Andrew Yang said. When the Democrats realized that Trump isn't the root of all of our problems, maybe we can actually move forward. And they all <laughs> said, quiet, Yang, because we like to go, but Trump. Now there's an entire generation of parents and of kids that have that built-in excuse for the rest of their lives. When they're 50 and they're not where they want to be or they didn't come up, you know, they didn't make the – whatever team it is they're, they're trying for. Yeah, because 2020. And they're just going to say, this is the thing now where this is going to absolve everything. And there were things that people could have done. There were steps. Look, in my town, Jerry, there are some people with some money in this town and in this area. They set up, they pulled their money together and they hired like private teachers. We're going to keep our kids out. You just take care of these six kids. And <laughs> Town leaders went at these guys, said, you can't do that. It's too dangerous. It's too risky. And you can't take those good teachers away. But they were just trying to help their kids oh, because God. they and, know. And, and yet those parents will vote for the same people who are supporting the lockdowns, supporting the snitching. I don't understand how anybody could take seriously these these public officials who we have been caught over and over again violating their own rules. We know they don't believe it. We know Gavin Newsom doesn't believe a ban on indoor dining with people, you know, more than six people is effective is, is, is useful because he violated it 
and he mocked the people who were actually following the rules. We know Andrew Cuomo has been caught without a mask, you know, half a dozen times. We understand that uh, all of them, the, you know, Laurie Lightfoot, Gretchen Whitmer, they don't believe in the, the rules. Denver mayor, court. he's the best one. So because again, the Denver mayor said, don't go anywhere, don't travel as he's getting on a plane. I mean, and they're that is, all freaking it, hypocrites. So why are people still taking them seriously? Why would anyone take them? Well, what can you do? What can I'm, you do? I, mean, you can't what, I, I think that's the worst story. thing that's going to come of it. It is, to me, scary, the, the amount of cooperation these authorities who are all freaking hypocrites and liars and phonies and authoritarians, the, 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 the amount of cooperation they're getting, you know, they're people like you're talking about in your town who are, who are snitching, uh, because they had, you know, uh, whatever, seven people, nine people over for Thanksgiving, people who are shaming other people on Facebook because they didn't wear a mask outdoors with their, you know, with their dog, that those, that, that is frightening when they know that the people imposing the rules don't do it. So, Obviously, they don't think it really matters. Obviously, Anthony Fauci goes to a Washington national game, doesn't social distance, doesn't wear a mask. He doesn't actually believe it is saving lives. He's just saying that. It's just for show. When are people going to understand that is my question. Well, my, the thing that gets me on all of it is that when a politician gets caught, whether it's Denver, whether it's Philadelphia's mayor, remember he got caught outdoor dining, whatever, but whether it's in Massachusetts, the lieutenant governor had one. It's the story that comes after it. So like in Gavin Newsom's case, right? What was his story? Look, I'm not perfect. Right. Oh, okay. But when you were shutting off the utilities <laughs> to people that were having house parties, did they get to say they aren't perfect and everything was okay? Or did you shut off their utilities? That's where I get the Denver mayor said there will be consequences if you do this. Then he did it and there were no consequences. Right. And he put out a laughing statement. Saying, ah, you know, what did you, what did you want me to do? I mean, it was either she yeah. comes here or I go there. Like, he never even considered the third option, which was the one that we were forced to take on, which was no one's going anywhere. That was never in his option list for some I mean, reason. I, I think there'll be a few, obviously. There'll be things that we'll remember forever. You'll remember that phony Gavin Newsom having a dinner for 22 what was the, the name world. of the place? What was the name of the place? French Laundry. <laughs> the people. The bill was $15,000. Some of the people there were from the California Medical Board, and none of them was social distancing or wearing masks. So none of them believes that's really that necessary. And we'll remember that, that same guy who was insisting that you wear a mask between bites of your Thanksgiving dinner. And we'll remember Nancy Pelosi getting caught, getting her hair done when she's forcing all salons to close. And when she got caught, what did she do? She attacked the salon owner and said she was set up and put that woman out of business. I mean, these are vile people. These are, we're learning. Some of us knew already that the elected Democrats are vile people. They're hypocrites. They're liars. And the worst thing they've done of all is use your children, use them to defeat Trump. It worked. But now they're reluctantly going to say, yeah, maybe kids should be back in school. They don't care about the lives of special needs children. That sounds harsh, but that's the reality. I'm sorry. That's the reality. And when people in Washington were celebrating the fact that Scott Atlas was forced out yesterday, was forced to quit or you know whatever, and Fauci was continued to be honored and deified and 
worshipped. I'm going, wait a second. Atlas was right. Fauci was wrong. Does that even matter? Or you're, to- but I, to me, your anger, I, I put it somewhere else. Will you get back to Pelosi for a second, Jerry? The only reason there wasn't a second stimulus uh, or a second, you know, bailout or whatever phrase you want to use was because she didn't want Trump to have a win before the right. election. And, and my sister just shut down a business in Charlotte at the end of November. The holidays are coming. She, because what happened, I mean, this is an all too familiar story to everybody, right? But they had that first bailout and they were told to pay their employees, keep them on the payroll, even though they're not working, whatever. She did that. That money ran out. And then she dipped into her savings to keep these people employed because you're just trying to hang on. You're just trying to hang on. And I remember talking to her a month ago and she said, I, the last thing in the world I want to do is tell people they're out of a job before the holidays. But if they don't pass this thing, it's going to happen. And sure enough, it, it's it's now a reality. They, their last day is, I think, December 12th or whatever. Yeah. And it's because because they didn't pass that stupid thing. And this is going on all over the country. You, you talk about, you know, whether people care or not. I Like I, the NFL stories, if the NFL doesn't realize now they don't care about the players with what they're doing with the Steelers and the Ravens, you know, I think the horse is out of the barn. This is true in D.C. To too. It's to the that. same philosophy. It's the well, same it, one. They, they don't care about you. It, it, they don't. They don't. And it's so obvious if, you, if you've paid attention at all, you know, Nancy Pelosi did not care. Did not care about you know save you know saving small businesses. They don't care at all. They're okay with the new economy. People like Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and Joe Biden are okay that Amazon is thriving and Walmart and Target and Home Depot are thriving and all the small businesses you know hundreds of thousands are going under. You've seen the angry restaurant owners that have made accommodations and built plastic shields everywhere. And the next day you're closed, you're closed. There is no science that backs up closing outdoor dining, none, zero. There's no reason to do it other than these people are drunk with power and want to make it appear that they are doing their best to stop the spread. But here's the most infuriating thing of all. And again, if I had if I had kids in school and they were messing with my kids right now, I'd be taking hostages. I'd be losing it. But what what evidence is there that a lockdown you know works at all? I mean, what evidence is there that closing schools, closing businesses, issuing a curfew, closing churches works? I mean, you've seen the spread, you've seen the spike. The places that lock down the hardest have the most cases. And it didn't work in June and July. And they, they turn around and say, wow, things are bad in October, November. Let's do it again. And you go, wait a second. It didn't work last time. What what, what are you talking about? What, why do you have to close, you know, stores and, and, and have curfews when, um, when, and mask mandates when the last time we did all that, it didn't work. And by the way, everybody's wearing a mask. This idea that we need to wear masks more. Everybody is wearing a mask. Your kid is skating with a mask on. How old is how old is your son? Six. Six. Six year olds don't get the virus. They don't give the virus. They're on no danger at all. And they're forcing them to skate with face masks on. It's just so it's just so insane. I don't understand when people are gonna wake up to this this madness, but Jerry, you know, you and I like we like a lot of the same movies. It's that that speech from Jaws by Quint where he said, "You know, when I was the most scared, Chief, it was when the life rafts were coming because then you know that you knew safety was there, but there was still that time where the sharks could get him. What happens when the virus is the vaccine? Excuse me, is on its way? 
that's when we really got to hunker down, Jared. <laughs> Don't you know there are going to be communities that say, we're locking down for four weeks until we get the virus. And that's that's the one that's going to do the most damage. You'll see. And uh, it'll be the most disappointing day in Fauci's career because we're going to be done with that fraud. He's 80. He's been in the bureaucracy for 50 years, and we act like he's somehow some oracle. Um, how many times can the man be wrong before we just tune him out? I don't know. Let's give him an award. Let's give him a you know whatever a magazine cover, and let's stop listening to the man. Again, I'm going to tweet it out again. If you're paying attention, he's been talking every day for nine months, and he's been wrong every freaking step of the way about everything, masks, shutdowns, lockdowns, school closings. He doesn't know what he's talking about, and yet they're still, hey, we're going to talk to Dr. Fauci later today. Christ, it's just, it's it's maddening. And 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 Scott Atlas slinks away back to back to California. He tried. He did his best. He tried to uh, warn us and tried to enlighten us. And people don't want to listen because if you say, you know, maybe these kids don't need masks. These you know three year olds, or maybe uh, when you're outside walking your dog, you know you you don't need a mask. People, what what do you you want to kill us all? What are you a troglodyte? Look, it's December 1st, and in case anybody was wondering, Jerry has been infused with the Christmas spirit. I like, in spite of it all, Jerry, you're not angry, you're not bitter. Fauci already said, you know, we can't really do Christmas this year. You know, we can't really do Christmas. Well, to quote, I think it was Cartman on South Park, F you, Fauci, F you. You know, I mean, enough, enough listening to this fool and, and all the people around him. Unfortunately, um, it's going to get much worse, much, much, much worse once uh, Biden's in. And, you know, you're going to have to wear a mask you know, in the shower. It's going to be a law. You're going to have to wear a mask in bed at night when you go to sleep. There's just no end to it. It's just nobody saying F you. That's the thing. Like even me, I, I listen to you every single day and I'm driving to my parents for Thanksgiving, just my wife and I and the kids and for, to my parents. And I'm looking at all the houses, like how many cars do they have in their driveway? <laughs> like they brainwashed everybody. <laughs> like it's just, and I'm not going to rat those people out, but I did count many houses that had seven cars in the driveway. And I thought and they are saying, oh, that's the thing. Like yeah. people don't, you don't need to like post a video of yourself on Twitter. You just need to go on about your business. Like I, Christmas is, Fauci has no say in whether I have Christmas and who I have Christmas with. He doesn't factor in at all. So, well, he does if your kids can't go to school. I mean, that's a factor right now. That's, he's a factor in school closings and shutdowns and business. I mean, he said the other day, you know, ideally we should shut the bars and open the schools. And I'm watching, I'm going, wait a second. You've been in charge essentially. For nine months, and the bars have been open and the schools have been closed, and there's no new science. No one's dropping some new study in your hand, and you just say, we should close the bars and open the schools now? Now? When people have been struggling for nine months, juggling, trying to figure out how to get the, keep the kid in front of a screen, how to get to work, how to find someone to, to, to help their uh, trying to find it, and you're saying, Now? Close the the school uh, the bars and open the schools. Where the hell were you in May and June and and September? God, it's just infuriating to me. I don't know how 
people like you handle it. I, I wouldn't do so well. All right, today's episode brought to you by Flagship Wealth. With me, as always, is Dave McDonough. Dave, we have a new Treasury Secretary announced. What's going on with the market? How are they react? You know, Dave, uh, Dow 30,000, balloons coming down, confetti, the whole thing. I think the rationale behind it is very simple. A lot of folks out there expected Liz Warren to get that position. She's anti-business, anti-financial. That is not the case. We have Yellen, the former Fed chair, uh, more moderate. Wall Street liked it. Financials, energy stocks rallied on that news. So sum up, we're actually going to give out a Outlook for 2021 report here. Great report that you got to get your hands on. But you give me your quick 15-second Outlook for 2021. Well, here's the deal, David. It's the We're the largest independent research firm in the world, LPL Financial. And that's truly working for the individual investor. There isn't any pitch, any product to sell. It's simply looking ahead and saying more stimulus is going to happen. More spending is going to happen. Inflation is going to creep in. How do you protect your portfolios? This is how you start. Get your hands on 2021 Outlook. So big brain stuff. LPL's 2021 Outlook. You got to get your hands on it. Go to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. It's got everything you need to know in there. Go get it. I know we're going to give away hundreds. Flagshipwealth.com slash retirement. Dave, thank you very much. My pleasure, David. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. You're too worked up. We need to get you a little calmer. Can we talk about the Vanderbilt kicker? That level's right off. <laughs> <laughs> that that is such a that is such a twenty twenty story. It is, I mean, I we talked about it at length yesterday with uh, with Turtle Boy and had some laughs because it was just so ridiculous. And we read from the Sports Illustrated column about what uh, it was a giant leap for womankind. One small kick for Vanderbilt, according to Sports Illustrated. One giant blast for womankind, and the quote which is so lame. It's almost always lame when you hear people say it. This proves to girls out there, young girls, that you can do anything you want to do. Uh, no, it proves just the opposite, to, to be honest with you. Hillary Clinton tweeted that out, that it proves you can do whatever you want to do. There's an equal playing field. Equal oh, playing field would mean whatever you're doing, anybody can do any of it. So a woman could be a quarterback, could be a lineman, could be a safety, apparently. There's now a level playing field because she had an unchallenged kick coming out of half, and they ordered it to be a pooch kick. I don't think I've ever seen that coming out of half. They didn't order any. They didn't order. You don't really believe that. I knew you were kind of naive and vulnerable. I mean, naive and uh, (laughs) gullible, but you don't believe that ordered the pooch kick, do you? That was just – they just said that. All right, I'm looking at the video because Hillary Clinton tweeted out little squibby thing lands at the 39. That means it went in the air uh, 15 and 50. It went in the air uh, 20, what, 20 to 11 and 15. I'm at 26 yards in the air. I could, as I told you yesterday, I could take an empty milk bottle right here in my backyard and kick it just as far. Jerry, go like this. You know what I'm smelling? SEC Special Teams Player of the Week is what I'm smelling. That's because that's what they announced yesterday. We did it yesterday, and then comes the news that she was named SEC. And and it's on. Honestly, you got to double check and make sure it's not some one of these. Like like Adam Schefter has a fake account that some people get sucked in occasionally when he tweets out things someone spelled like one letter different and it looks good and it fools people every time i'm like is that a fake account no she won sec special teams player of the week so some kid uh from from um, alabama who beat auburn 
uh, you know, goes down on kickoffs, leading with his helmet, drilling people on, you know, like they scored a bunch, obviously it's Alabama. So probably made, you know, eight special teams tackles, maybe field goal kicker kickoff, maybe a couple of punt returns. That kid, he didn't get the nod because some girl in Vanderbilt kicked the ball 26 yards uh, and ran off the field. That's it. And by the way, we, we found out yesterday that she did a halftime speech. Can you imagine oh if, she, if she got the team all riled up during halftime and then your coach looks over to you and, and calls for the squib kick? Like it's, and knowing the score That's, of the game? Like, she, she insisted. Talk about a girl who's just, uh, you know, full of herself. She insisted on giving the halftime speech and then admonished her new teammates for not being supportive enough or having enough uh, team spirit on the sideline. Like that was the... Uh, the version she gave of her speech. I don't think it's on tape. If it is, it'd probably be good for a laugh. But so here's the, uh, the video. I'm looking at the video of the kick from sports center from ESPN. And the headline is changing the game. So Hillary Clinton quote tweets it and says, thank you, Sarah, for helping to prove that women and girls belong on every playing field quite literally and has a little uh, football icon on her thing. That was uh, that thing got almost 20,000 likes and, uh, uh, 1,300 retweets from Hillary Clinton, 20,000 likes. Now, my simple question for you, VB, where, at what point did Sarah Fuller prove that girls can do anything? Just um, simple. Of all, I, I've never understood, like, there are certain playing fields where I don't care. Like, I don't ever want to give birth. I don't want that playing field leveled. Women, you've been saddled with that. It's yours. Sorry. You carry it forever. You do it great. I don't want any part of it. I don't know why women are obsessed with, like, breaking down this wall. I don't want my son playing football at this point. Why would you <laughs> want your daughter playing football? It's crazy. It's and, bad. you know... The, I said to my, I showed my wife, my wife and I were watching this story. My brother used to teach at Vanderbilt. We know the area a little bit, whatever. So we were watching online because we couldn't get the game on. I'm not going to subscribe to ESPN plus to get it, but we were following it because I wanted to see, you know, could she make an extra point? Would she kick a field goal? Whatever. We thought it was kind of a fun story, whatever. And of course they got basically shut out. And so there was no attempt to find out if she could actually do it. But at the end we we're like, ah, but still a good story. At least she got the kick, whatever. What they're doing to it now, like I showed my wife the Hillary thing and my wife immediately rolled her eyes and said, see, the pandering is where you lose me. And now you're starting to turn my stomach with this story. And that is what it is for me. They're going to turn her into something that I resent, which I don't want her to be. She was a fun little story because of a crazy confluence of events that this thing actually happened for one brief moment. That's all it is. Oh, but, but Instead, they're going to make statues to her and they're going to take U.S. Grant right. statues down at this <laughs> yes. yes and she'll be remembered as the one who broke the barrier and i'm saying but she didn't actually play football she kicked it was a lousy kick she unchallenged by the way unchallenged um, could play, she do an extra point we don't know um uh, i'm gonna guess you know i don't know uh, she, her limit they said on a field goal was like 32 yards which is essentially an extra point uh but no she there are definitely there had to be you know half a dozen kids boys on the team guys on the team who could do could do it better who kicked in high school who have strong legs who could certainly kick off better than she kicked off it was just uh for show we know that now it was just for you know twitter applause and for uh you know uh, um, getting someone like hillary clinton to to salute this this girl as some kind of pioneer, but if you're gonna do it, you got to be able to 
you know, really do it. It can't be this, as Jason Whitlock called it, this make a wish type event where you, we, you know, you see it all the time where the, 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 the team manager or the ball boy is a special needs kid. And on the last day, the seniors, he suits up and they hand him the ball and he runs for a touchdown. The other team gets out of the way. That's essentially what it was. It was just an exhibition, a show where they weren't actually going to play the game. If, if she had to tackle somebody, can you imagine if she got drilled? But I don't, even if she kicked, like if she punted or she kicked the field goal or whatever, it would be cool and it would be awesome and it would be a thing. And that's fine. Think about what Cullinane said, for example, Jerry. You played, you played on teams, but more importantly, you worked at companies that have been taken over, right? Remember when you're in that first meeting where some hot shot comes in and he starts pointing to all of you and telling you how much you suck and how you're doing this wrong and that wrong. And imagine, remember the feeling you had as the guy that hadn't been through the wars was telling you how low you are. She's in that locker room at halftime and she's lecturing these guys that have gotten pounded by Alabama, have gotten pounded by Mississippi, have gotten pounded by LSU, you know, Week after week, they haven't won a game all right. year, and she's giving them the guys. Come on, we're not rooting for each other on an interception. That's why we're losing. Can you imagine listening to that? And then they can't say anything. I mean, if you could get them to talk, the season's over. Get them to talk, you know, off the record, on the record, and say how ridiculous it was that they brought and, the girl in and, and Jerry and. There's still this this insecurity about it all. When you go back and read the stories about that interview and the the fact that she said she gave that speech, it's all given legitimacy. But because several coaches went up to her after and said, "I've been wanting to say that for weeks," <laughs> so somehow they were so scared these, that nobody was right. on the sideline. Why, why do we have, these live, why have to live out these lies? Everybody knows. Here's the bottom line: there will never ever be a female who can play football, play it well, play it legitimately in division one college football at, you know, power five conference or in the NFL, it will never happen. They will never be able to uh, forget play football, kick, punt, return punts, return kicks. It's just not going to happen. And why is it important? I don't understand. Look, Jerry, we all get, we all have kids or nieces or whatever. I want my daughter to know who babe Didrikson was. I wanted to know who, uh, you know, Wilma Rudolph was. I wanted to know who Mia Hamm is. There are female sports heroes out there that have actually done the thing. Instead, we're being forced to choke on this one that's that was not the thing. Also, hold on. One part of the story, too. In fairness, we shouldn't be villainizing her. You know, like the the coach and the team put her on the field and put her in that position. She didn't necessarily do anything wrong. She was called upon. I think the halftime speech. That that's the one. I don't know what happened there. That's like the most insane. And and, and she knew she knew she was just a uh, a token. It was just for show, and she kind of ran with it. I mean, she might be a nice kid and and a damn good soccer player. Jerry, how about this? She My allowed herself to be used. And and I get, I mean, is she on the cover of SI this week? I wouldn't be surprised. Every magazine, and I'm going to do this another day because all the magazines, are, every magazine has gone total, you know, social justice warrior. Every, every, I mean, you pick up, uh, you know, uh, Runner's World, Golf Digest, and everything is about, you know, how their social justice, this, and, uh, you know, their community. The, did you see the um, the big exhibition with uh, Mickelson mm. and Barkley and and uh, and uh, Steph Curry and uh, Peyton Manning? The whole thing was about 
um, historically black colleges and, and, and social justice and racial justice. I'm saying, you know, what about all the other charities that they, these guys generally support? They just forget them. All Everybody's invested totally. And it's a larger part of it is to fend off the wolves. You don't want to be one of those. Well, where, do we, where do we go from here? Here's what I'm proposing, Jerry. I love novelty stuff and I love gimmicky things that draw crowds. How about like the NFL? One week out of the year, you have to use a female kicker. You pick the game. Why? But you have to use her. But it sets back, I want to say, the cause. But then you'll get real because then you'll find out if the game is on the line, are they going to put her out there and can she do it? There were actual references, actual comparisons to, you know, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, that it's almost overshadowed. He was an MVP. I mean, he was a great player. I mean, right. and it took a great player to do what he did. If it was someone just out there because they wanted to break down the color barrier, just put out, you know, some me- mediocre or not even mediocre, some lousy player just because of his race, it would have failed. The whole thing would have uh, backfired. Kind of like, I don't know, Sarah Fuller is a football player. She isn't a football player. It is being forced on. You know, America, because she doesn't have a penis. That's all that matters here. She's not a man. Let's put her out there and celebrate. And if you don't celebrate, as we referred to the Sports Illustrated column yesterday, you're a troglodyte. That's it. The troglodytes who want to see her fail. And every time I tweeted about it and kind of in a flippant, sarcastic way, all the responses, were, you know, the, the negative ones were, why are you so miserable? I'm like, why am I miserable? I, what does that make? How does oh, that make? You know can't really- we just let her enjoy the moment? But, sure, enjoy the moment. But can't we but- be honest? What is wrong with being honest? I mean, the idea that we're all supposed to get on board and say, wasn't that wonderful? A female who wasn't really on the team just squibbed to kick 26 yards. What? That's that's history. Well, maybe maybe you're not telling your daughter she'll she has the potential to be an NFL football player, but you're showing your daughter as an example of this is somebody who's doing something that traditionally is not normal. You can do things that you set your mind to. It doesn't have to be that you don't have to do that. Though. You yeah, can't do that. Yeah. There's some things you can't do. Why is it a good lesson to say? Right. Follow the science, it. Jerry. We are told to follow right. the science. Yeah. The science tells you this is never going to happen. I, it's impossible physiologically for a woman to be a defensive lineman in the NFL. It's not well, going to work. But I, so what? My daughter, I have a 10-year-old daughter. She can be an astronaut. She can be the president. She can be the speaker of the house. She can be an international soccer star. There's a million things I teach her every day. Don't, don't because tell you it. can do everything. The idea that this horse hasn't left the barn yet for women is nonsensical. And they're setting it back the way they're bending over backwards to pretend that we're living on Big Rock Candy Mountain at this point and that this woman is legitimately a football player. It's nonsense. Don't tell her she could be vice president because then she'll want to do what you know Kamala did to get there. I don't want to get into that line of work. Rest you're, sure, you're, Jerry. You're I'd rather ever play football. It's less <laughs> But it is if you're telling your ch- daughter she can play in Division One college football or in the NFL, you're lying to her. You know, there are some things she can do and some things she can't. And I, I coached uh, youth football for years, and there were, all, there were lots of girls. There's like one on every team in, in every town. There's girls on the high school team, and you could see them generally. You know, everyone looks for and says, where's the girl? Oh, there she is. And you could try to watch her, and she's generally overmatched. You know, some of them can hold their own and, you know, there's a whatever 
JV player or something, but eventually the physical differences matter. And in division one college football and the NFL, the guys who play are the best. They're fast. They're strong. They're mean. They're nasty. Most fathers I would think wouldn't want their daughter out there getting hit, you know, by, uh, you know, you, you know, Vontez Burkett. <laughs> you don't want, you know, some, some, you know, Jamal Adams, you know, taking your daughter's head off if she's going over the middle. It just, I wouldn't want to see that. It's like watching your daughter wrestle. It'd be uncomfortable. And there are things she can do and things she can't. And why do we insist on lying to little girls that they can play in the NFL when we know they can't? And they Jerry, never will be able to. You said Times Person of the Year, and that's they've already done their nominations or whatever. What about Sports Person of the Year from the year old publication, Next right? Time. Like they haven't played a lot of sports anyway this year, and all of it's been bad in terms of, you know, public no one can do charity work and no one can do all the stuff that are usually earns you that. Every you every think she's award, not gonna be a finalist in that. Every every award, whether it's the Nobel Prize or SI or Time magazine or Emmys, all you have to ask yourself is who's the PC choice? What's the what do the you know social justice warriors want? That's your answer to everything now. It doesn't matter what they accomplish. So I don't know. The sports award would be, uh, you tell me, some some uh, sports uh, person uh, of the year. I mean, Colin Kaepernick. It's not even a question. Colin, finally, Colin Kaepernick will win the award. He's been, you know, he's so, won that already, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he should, we should get to him because there was an unbelievable story about there. There's a uh, bill. They're Hold trying. on, before we get off the van. Well, not gonna, I'm not going to do it because I don't have time. But there's a bill to. <laughs> All uh, I know. I've known you for, China for the for the concentration camps where they make Nike equipment and Colin Kaepernick will not support it. He just yeah. wants those slaves to get back to work, make that Nike crap so he can continue yeah. to make can make money and condemn the United States for way, the way they treat minorities. But anyway, go ahead. Here, here's what I know. I've known you for a long time and there's a long list of athletes that you have hated. A-Rod's, I think, pretty high up there, but like the Claude Lemuse of the world going way back. And there, there's people. They are, it, it's, it's got nothing to do with Sarah Fuller. It's got to do with the media and yeah. this, this sickle fancy. They are moving her up your list rapidly. And my question is, where does she settle? It's does she end up at like in the hundreds no, or does she know. end up higher? You're you're absolutely right. It's not her. It's like the people, first of all, the coach was an idiot for uh, kind of going along with this. I think it, it allowed him to keep his job for an extra 12 hours. And then they fired him, even though, even though he did this wonderful, you know, groundbreaking thing and allowed the, the chick to kick, uh, they still fired his ass. Anyway, it's not her. It is the media as always. It's ESPN. It's all these phonies saying how groundbreaking, how historic this is when they know it's not, they know they're just using her. They know they're just ma playing, make pretend, she and 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 you know the line that she it shows young girls they can do anything, it does just the opposite. Just the well, and that's why. But see, this is the beauty of it. That tweet that Hillary sent out is so phony and fraudulent on so many levels. It's a good reminder of who Hillary wanted to be versus who she really is. You know, she wrote the book about how I almost walked off the stage when Trump was stomping behind me. Of course, everybody knows Trump wasn't stomping behind her, but. Regardless, the point is, she didn't, though. She didn't, because she never has been that person that did make the bold stand. She's only talked about wanting to make the bold stand. Here, in this case, she's propagating this, this phony idea 
that, oh, my God, she went out there and she won the game because women can do anything when none of that happened. And she is setting it back by making up this myth and then running with the myth. Sarah Full is a fun story if you just let it be that thing, but they're they're ruining it now by and you know there's gonna be a movie, and at the end of the real movie, she's gonna kick this 50-yard field goal to win the game and win the SEC. <laughs> no, it already you know that's it's gonna happen. It's called it's, it's called much. Little Giants 2. That's the good thing that's gonna come. Remember the Titans too. You know, yeah, they I thought, it was, I thought it was unnecessary roughness. I mean, I'm looking at her. I'm looking at what you said at halftime. It's just there's nobody like on that team or other teams or other coaches who really thinks this was on the level. They know it wasn't, and they're forced by the immediate to go along with it to pretend, you know, they bought in completely. It's just all for show, and that's what drives me crazy. It just, it's not real. It's pretend. I just tell you, look at that speech if you haven't seen it, and think about like you're a linebacker who's been getting the snot kicked out of you, not only for the first half of this game, but for the previous six games. And you're sitting there, and she goes, I, I want to speak, coach. And she starts with that speech about rah-rah, and you got to support your guys. That line – do you remember, like, the, the Tom Cruise movie, All the Right Moves at the end when yeah. he gets up and says to the coach, stifle it. All of those guys must have been you're, like, you're, okay, you're, this is you're, ridiculous. You're just a typing teacher. You're not God. That was my favorite line. Anyway, here is Sarah Fuller to her teammates as they're getting smoked uh, at, at Missouri at halftime. She says, if I'm going to be honest, I was a little pissed off at how quiet everybody was. We made a first down, and I was the only one cheering. And I was like, what the heck? What's going on? And I tried to get them pumped up, and I was like, you guys need to start your team, you need to start your team on. My main thing was during the SEC tournament, my entire team, her soccer team, was cheering the entire time. It didn't matter if we were in the locker room or on the sidelines. I think that's what won it for us. So the cheering won it for yeah. us. Everybody was cheering nonstop. I went in there and I said exactly what I was thinking. I was like, we need to be cheering each other on. This is how you win games. This is how you get better by calling each other out for stuff. And I'm going to call you guys out. We, we need to be supporting one another. If we get a first down, if an interception happens, it's our fault. We need to be lifting each other up. That's what team is all about. I think this team has struggled, and that's been a part of it. We really need to just build that team camaraderie where we can all lean on one another. It was an adjustment going from that team mentality where, hey, we're all supporting one another, and I just want to bring that to this team. Every single guy in there was rolling their eyes. Whether Jerry, were- oh, are you kidding me? And this idea that coaches went up to – I bet coaches went up to her and said some version of, hey, that was really cool or whatever. And then they went over to each other and went, holy crap, did you – that really well, – she said, she said coaches went up to her and said, thank you for doing that. We wanted to do that. I and, know. We, you know, stuck the words right out of our mouth. But it's- They did that after game three, Jerry. You know, hang in there, guys. We can do this. By game seven, when you're down 30 at half, you're not doing that anymore. Last prediction time, Jerry. Joe Biden gets to give a State of the Union this year, right? Or next year. Yeah, which is going to be a couple be, of months. It's going to be hilarious. He's, he's, they usually put celebrities or people that have been in the news in their little guest box. Yeah. Trump any was a chance, Any chance Sarah Fuller is in the guest box for that? That's a good question. I, I don't know. She seems like she hasn't done quite enough. Just one squib kick. 
I think uh, it's a little bit one of a giant squib kick for womankind, Jerry. Remember, besides, she'll be in uh, wherever in Norway that day receiving her Nobel Prize. So she won't be able to make it. Uh, uh, it's a good question. Will she? Will we forget about her? The name Sarah Fuller. Will we continue to hear about it? As somebody mentioned to me yesterday, said, you "Remember Michael Sam? He was drafted by uh, the the Rams by Jeff Fisher on orders from the NFL." because they wanted a gay guy. And then he kissed his boyfriend and the cameras were there and he was a terrible player. He got cut. I mean, he didn't belong in the NFL, but they needed someone because as I said, everybody's goal is how can we uh, placate, you know, the forces of, of political correctness and social justice. And at that time was let's show how open-minded we are. Let's draft a, a gay guy He'll make a make a big deal out. It'll be the headlines. The media will just fawn over him and 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 celebrate us. And they did. He got cut, of course, because he was a terrible player who didn't belong in the NFL. But they needed this. They needed that moment. They got it, and it you know blew away like a turd in the wind over a matter of days because he wasn't really legit. They needed that guy. They just had the wrong guy. You know, Sarah, the problem. For Sarah Fuller is they'll never be that girl who can play in the NFL or can play in Division One. It will never happen. They can do other things, as you point out. They can do most things better than guys. They just can't play football. You know? Look, I'll teach my daughter, and I've already talked to her about this because she asked about it. We, we, me and my wife talked to her about it, whatever. But the lesson here is, look, the phone may ring someday, and you never know what is going to be on the other end of that call. In this case, it was, can you be a kicker? And she said, yeah, my, my lesson to my daughter is when opportunity knocks, go for it because you never know what will happen. But also, let's cut the crap with what did happen versus what you wish happened. And let's not make the myth become the, the reality. And Eric, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of parents, a lot of adults are lying to their daughters about this. See, you know, and I, we referred to these people on Twitter uh, yesterday who were saying that. I sat with my daughter and said, see – Anything is possible. I'm going, what? I mean, it's like saying you could. You don't think that long before Sarah Fuller, didn't you? Just would, you, like to, you know, would you like to bench press for 300 pounds, honey? Well, you can do it. Just put your mind to it. Would you like to dunk a basketball? Uh, what's your daughter's name, VB? Ella. Eleanor, yes. Ella. Ella do you, would you like to dunk a basketball, Ella? Well, you can do it if you just put your mind to it. What the Look, why, why do you have to say that? They, they they can't do it. She will never do it. She will never dunk a basketball. She'll never be able to kick a you know, 45-yard field goal. She'll never be able to you know, fight a guy and, and kick his ass unless it's, you know, Cullinane. It's, you know, it's not <laughs> – and tell her too if you're gonna if you're gonna accept the publicity stunt, you gotta have all your shit together, right? She's only got one hundred fifty thousand followers on Instagram. Like you gotta take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. Is she how does, how does she look on that? I mean, is she like? Yeah, she looks good. She's look, pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. She should have a billion followers just from the the publicity. She, I haven't seen too much yet, but has she given any sort of speech? Colinane or posted anything that says, by the way, in my very limited experience, I have a newfound respect for who these guys are and what they do because seeing it up close is unbelievable. And you would know this, Jerry, I haven't been on sidelines. I mean, how fast and how hard and what what these guys do to make a living or to, to get a college scholarship is crazy. I would hope that she's learned some things here too about men in the same way that we're told we had to learn about women. And, and there's a reason that they didn't return the kick and they didn't like actually have a play because she might have gotten hit uh if they returned the kickoff and somebody blocked her 
them I did knock her on her ass and that wouldn't have been the visual they were looking for. Um, and it, you know, if she were really a football player, she'd be getting her ass, you know, knocked over and, and, in, in practice every day. And no one wants to see that. You know, it, that's why it was all just so phony. Uh, but you know, someday there'll be another girl who said, they'll say she's, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be like, uh, uh, remember the uh, Jets center, his, his sister was this big, uh, she played girls football and she was this huge 300 pound girl. And she was an offensive lineman. There'll be one of those who will be able to hold her own, just you know, blocking. But you know, won't. I don't get, think it'll happen in football. It may in. I don't know. Like, like remember the Manon Rayom thing and with the Tampa Bay Lightning back in the day, where they tried her in goal and it didn't work. I think at some point, some woman will play in some fashion. I don't know whether it's someone that can hit a fastball that, or it's not, not going to be in football. There's no way. It's like in not golf. In my lifetime. But, I mean, I've played with you know, like PGA players in golf and and lpga players and you know what the biggest difference is everyone thinks oh the the guys hit it 300 yards the girls don't that's a fact but the guys are much better around the greens they're better out of the sand they're better out of the rough they're better putters they're they're better athletes and that i know but we were talking about sports jerry you you brought up i'm just telling you that people say why next you're gonna go danica patrick on me we're talking sports jerry yes danica patrick same thing they say why car racing that's not sports they say say, why can't a woman compete on the pga tour and i'm telling you it has i shouldn't say nothing it's not about strength and about power it's about athleticism and you know with your short game (laughs) around the greens Yes. Well, didn't Sorenstam say, you know, she competed in that men- – she was the best female golfer, I think, in my life, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. And at the height of her ability, she played in a tournament. And didn't she say afterwards, like, this is never happening. There's right. just no way. Like the like the, the like 10,000th ranked guy was better than she was. And she knew it, and she was honest about it, and that's why you don't see it. Well, you heard it. Do you remember I, I Serena? Think, they were talking. They got into that debate about whether Serena could beat a lot of the guys in the men's tour. And yep. who was it that went like, on Fallon and said, "Oh yeah, she could." And then she was like, "Ah, no, I'd get smoked." Like somebody else said, you know, the hundredth ranked guy would smoke her, and it was like, "What? Yeah, yes, I'm sorry, that's true, but it doesn't make her. She's still the best woman in right. everything. Right? Why can't we just accept that? All right, we gotta stick to football here. We gotta stick to football. I'm gonna t- first of all, I'm gonna tell you about uh, Shake Concrete, and then we're gonna talk some football. All right. I know your uh, Falcons had a big win this week and you're still excited, but I love the fact that we get football like every day of the week now, but i tell you what else I love. I love shake concrete. And I'm going to tell you VB what shake concrete can do for you. I know you live out there in the sticks and you got lots of room. They can build you a building. You can have your old precast concrete building just for you. They partner with easy set worldwide and they manufacture precast concrete buildings for multiple applications in a variety of sizes. Shea's been manufacturing precast buildings for over 17 years, and no one does it better. Precast concrete buildings provide the most durable and long-lasting option compared to other modular building applications, such as metal, wood, masonry. Shea Concrete Manufactures delivers and installs these engineered precast concrete buildings as a true turnkey provider from initial handshake through the final installation support. With a focus on cost efficiency and quality control, each of their precast concrete buildings are pre-assembled at their factory and typically delivered and installed in one piece by their experts. Uh, you know what makes them uh, better than other buildings? They, they can uh, they can build them in the worst of weather because they do it indoors. That's unlike 
other, you know, wood, metal. They do it indoors, in, the, in their big plants. They build your building. This increases productivity, lowers cost, and gives the customer a legitimate time frame of when the building will be placed on site. To learn more, simply go to shakeconcrete.com or call them up and ask for Frank or Mike. These are the experts in these buildings. They'll tell you what you need. They can tell you what sizes they can build. It's the answer. You need a building, go for a precast concrete building. Call them today or just log on to shakeconcrete.com. Learn all about their precast buildings. All right, tomorrow, Wednesday, December 2nd, I'm excited. Uh, 3.40 p.m. 3.40 p.m. We get the Ravens and Steelers, a good uh, AFC North matchup, black and blue division. These two teams, these rivals, hated rivals. I mean, it's going to be like eight on eight because so many guys are out with with COVID. But I'm, here's, here's what I laugh at, and I, I, I roll my eyes at it, I should say, is when people in the media, the sports media or any media, they'll tweet or they'll say, you know, give it up to either college football because they've had some issues, Ohio State might not qualify for the national title because they haven't had enough games. And it looks like this game with Michigan State might not go off, which will mean Ohio State can't be in the playoff. But anyway, the NFL has had their COVID issues. We know it. They've had games canceled, postponed. They've had games where one team didn't have a quarterback, which was because of the rules, not because of COVID, because you know they, they had these ridiculous rules. The guys the other four quarterbacks didn't have COVID. They just were in a room with a guy with COVID and didn't wear a mask, so they weren't allowed to play. We saw the results of that. It was comical. Anyway, the Ravens have been particularly hardest hit. I was just looking for the latest numbers on how many Ravens. um, Let's see. This was last night. I'm going to get how many Ravens players and coaches have um, have tested uh, the Ravens uh, Monday have, have reported 19 players on their COVID list, COVID reserve list, including new additions, tight end Mark Andrews, linebacker Matthew Judon, uh, receiver Willie Sneed, cornerback Terrell, uh, quarterback, quarterback Lamar Jackson is already on the list. So I'm going to guess, I'll check the line on this. I'm going to guess the Ravens are underdogs, seeing how they don't have a – Well, Connor's um, out for Pittsburgh, too. He's on uh, the list. They're running back. A bunch of guys out. They postponed it. They delayed it. Then they were trying to figure out when they could play it. They decided – yeah, they were initially slated for uh, the – Thursday. And and then Sunday. Sunday, Monday, uh, Wednesday. So Wednesday at 340, they kick off. I'll be watching. The whole idea seems kind of cool. And the idea that this means, and some members of the media, typical people said, oh, just cancel it. The NFL can't, they can't play. Just don't play. Just shut it all down. And I'm thinking, why? This makes it more interesting to me. I watched watched a lot of that Denver game the other day because it was on on, um, Red Zone. I wouldn't have cared about that at all if it was a backup quarterback. But there was no quarterback. So I watched to see how the – wide receiver, the practice squad wide receiver, Kendall Hinton would do. He did awful, but it was, it made it more interesting or made me more uh, likely to tune in this game. Same thing. I mean, it doesn't get lost amid all the other games on Sunday or even on, you know, Thursday or Monday. It's just not a typical game. It's a weird time, a weird situation. So I'll watch. And you know what? The NFL will, uh, it'll be on TV. They'll sell lots of ads. They won't get, 
people in the stands probably uh what is the rule latest on stands no no not in, not in pennsylvania pennsylvania they got strict rules depends what state they're in but anyway it will go on it will count it'll count toward the playoffs it will be football nfl football so people will watch the idea that you would ever just say eh this is too much trouble let's cancel it when the country loves football is just bizarre to me of course you should try to play it's what they do they play football Let's play. Why Man, it's, I, I just don't think people understand the, the amount of money that is involved in each and every one of these games, regardless of whether people's there or not. People, that's one of the big misconceptions is, oh, but there's no fans. That's not why they make the money. It's from the right. TV. you got to give NBC the product to get that big bag of cash, and they're going to get it. You know, first of all, I, I hate what the NFL did in that Broncos game, Jerry. One of the great things of, in sports in my lifetime – the NHL gets this right. The NHL has this guy that he he's paid 10 bucks and he gets a free meal to sit in the stadium in case every goalie on both right. teams somehow gets hurt. And this happened a couple of years ago in Chicago where right. they told the guy who hadn't played organized hockey in 10 years, you're going into an NHL game in the third period. And he played. It was the greatest thing ever. They had that chance in Denver where they said, "Our we want our coach to be our quarterback. And the NFL said, no, do you know how interested you and I would have been to watch that guy play? And that guy would have signed any waiver. Like I break any bone in my body. I'll have more broken bones than Drew Brees. I don't care. I'll play. That would have been awesome. It's true. The, the NFL, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been more farcical than what they gave us. I know the, well, the, I agree. I, I said that yesterday, they should have let him play. It would have been fun. It would have been the most interesting thing in the whole weekend, and he couldn't have done worse than the wide receiver did. Obviously, they wouldn't have won. Obviously, it wouldn't have worked. But just to see a coach suit up and play quarterback, quarterback, not, you know, kicker, but quarterback would have been wild. Um, but uh, didn't happen. We see the receiver this week. Um, we're going to we're gonna see, you know, backup quarterbacks. I think every team will – take the precaution now and have all their quarterbacks masked up in meetings so they won't be – Well, they can't be in the same meeting, I assume, right, Jerry? They're going to oh, be yeah, staggered so, meetings for yeah, quarterbacks be like now? that one member of the cabinet that can't go yes. to the union. They'll be stacked <laughs> away somewhere, some backup third-string quarterback. Uh, but I think it makes it more interesting in a way because football is always about attrition. It's always a war yeah. of attrition. It's always about survival. Who can be playing their best in December and January – that was always one of the hallmarks of Belichick's teams. They got better, stronger, and late in the season when it mattered. Um, I predicted Brady is going to struggle late in the season because he's old, and that's what happens when you're old. Um, and it's sort of happened. I mean, he made a nice little comeback the other day, but he's thrown seven picks in the last four games. Anyway, this is what it feels like, is if the mentally toughest teams are going to survive this and the teams that can survive without, you know, you know, fill the holes when they lose important players, including starting quarterbacks, the coaches who can keep their teams, you know, heads above water late in the year will be the ones still standing in January and February. Uh, but in this case, the, the funniest part is, and I don't even understand this. You're going to have to help me out. I thought I knew how this stuff worked. Originally, it was supposed to be, tomorrow night wednesday night football and i'm all for that all for watching a wednesday night game it was bumped to wednesday afternoon tomorrow at 3 40 because nbc refused to move the 
Christmas Spectacular starring the Radio City Rockettes. Uh, the tree lighting ceremony is always broadcast. I didn't even know that because I don't think I've ever watched it. But And I didn't know that even they were going to do that this year because I saw uh, Numbnuts there, de Blasio, with the new rules. You have to make an appointment, schedule an appointment to go through the tree. And, and and you're not allowed to just show. Uh, how, does, how does it work? It's a big tree. You can see it from like three blocks away. I'm number 57. I get to go stand closer to the tree than I currently you have to am. Make an appointment. You can't have more than four people or something. There's all these rules to go look at the friggin' tree. Anyway, they're going to light it tomorrow night. And NBC refused to move that or put that on one of their other channels or move it to another night or make it later, make it earlier. Um, and they forced the NFL to move the game, which is, and uh, I've seen the numbers. The game is expected to get a much, much higher rating than the tree. Twenty times, oh yeah. You know so what's crazy uh, about it? Monday Night Football got twelve million last week. Last year, the Rockefeller uh, tree lighting got seven million viewers. Wow, they get that many? Yeah, seven, I actually was shocked by the number. Too. Seven million more well, tree yeah, lighting. Yeah. Wow. What's crazy about this, though, you guys, I think, have both done it. I know, Jerry, you've been to th- hundreds of these things, and there's only been 50 of them, so that's tree a stretch. Lighting, we've got lots of tree lighting. <laughs> but when the NFL decides to do something, it is done, right? The right. NFL, for the Super Bowl, they'll tell the host city, we own you for, for a month, and whatever you do normally can sit tight. When, when, it, when it was in Indy, when the Pats were there against the Giants in Indy, Indianapolis just became like NFL land. And whatever the NFL wanted to do, you remember, Jerry, you want to take a spin at the Indy 500? Get the car. Like, there was, you could I, do right, whatever did, you wanted. Was the, the media party was the Indy 500, and you got to, like, hang out at the It was unbelievable. You got to but kiss the bricks. Police, you could do whatever you wanted. The media buses to go to, like, a party had, like, eight police cruises to get you through traffic. Yeah. So the police would escort the media. You're right. They're like they. You so- always wondered what what would be the limit. Where would the NFL go too far? And it turns out it's the Rockefeller Center tree lighting <laughs> that people go. That's hey, we're gonna not allow this now NFL. And they couldn't. Why couldn't they do the tree lighting at seven and kick the game off at eight? How long like, is, how is tree lighting? I assume it's an hour, right? So, so one hour. You're right. It's dark out at seven. They do the tree lighting. The Rockets kick up and do a little dance, and then boom, right into the NFL. What a lead in! But no, they forced the NFL to play at three forty. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm going to watch. I think it's kind of cool. It's something different. I'm surprised that the uh, network got to push the league around, but. I give the league credit because they're trying to get through. They're, they're, they're doing what they can to get through the season, to get the games in, which is what they should be doing, which is what everybody should be doing. Instead of giving up and saying, you know, you know, maybe, maybe Fauci's right. Maybe we should shut it all down and go home and hide inside with our masks on alone in the dark. They're not doing that. They're trying to live their lives, damn it, and play their games. And that's a good thing. And I, for one, will be watching I don't care. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Ravens. I don't even know. Uh, is or, it RG three? Oh, is it good? That's fine. He's on that club. I, I, I he'll do better than backup. Hinton. I don't know. I it's gonna oh, be <laughs> well, you know, it says right now, you know, who's playing quarterback for the Ravens, Sarah Fuller. Can you believe that? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm telling oh, you, she's moving up Jerry's <laughs> ranking. Oh. He, he sees her name and he really goes, Arr! 
Uh, I got to get him a Sarah Fuller game jersey. I think, want that. Is your wife watching right now? Please get Jerry a Vanderbilt game jersey. Uh, with yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to log on now and look and see if it's you know? <laughs> That's got to be I, like I, one of the big sellers. I want to inspire my daughter who's never even watched a football game. <laughs> football, honey. It should be like, why would I ever want to do that? All right. We're going to. Um, you know what? We gotta we gotta go here. I didn't even get to the uh, the PB and J Cafe. We can do that another day. But quick question: I know you guys have smoked a lot of pot, especially Cullinane, and I'm just talking about today. But if you were about to play an NFL game, or let's say get in the ring and fight somebody, would you ever say, you know what I want to do right now? Smoke a little weed. I would be the last thing I would ever want to do. Mike Tyson said he got high before he went and fought Roy Jones the other day. I just thought that was so bizarre. And so, well, I remember Manning. Do you remember Manning drinking the Bud after the Super Bowl that last one when he was? Yes, when he was on the payroll, he was like it was part of his. But isn't that Tyson too? Because Tyson doesn't Tyson own like the largest pot farm in California? Oh, it It was a business move. I don't. I don't know if it was that thought out or not. But I know he he is involved in that business in some fashion. I I don't think he spelled it out, but it has to be something a little bit like that, doesn't it? Oh, he's just a bizarre guy. Part of your. I'm assuming it's like so a part of his lifestyle every day, smoking X amount for him to then go into a big moment like that and get away from that, you know, traditional daily experience would throw him off completely. I bet. I I have a friend who's, loves his weed and he says he doesn't know what it's like to go through a day without being high you know it's like it would be unusual unusual for him to not be stoned and maybe that's the way tyson is maybe he was just trying to you know equalize things even up the playing field because he was bigger and stronger and meaner than roy jones and it didn't matter they hit this idiot scoring the thing and it ended up a, ended up a tie and we're gonna have a rematch sometime and i'm excited about that i'll but, tell you what though like I, I asked about this with sarah fuller does she now have respect for football players seeing it up close and she should mike tyson gave one of the greatest quotes in the history of sports and it was proven that night not in his fight but in that fight before it jerry which is tyson once famously said you know everybody's got a plan until yeah, they get until punched get in the mouth yeah. Nate Robinson thought, I don't know. what's the worst that could happen? I get beat. But Nate yeah. Robinson, no matter, I don't care if Nate Robinson lives another hundred years. When Nate Robinson passes away, the first thing you or I are going to remember about Nate Robinson is seemed like a good idea getting into the ring right up until that happened. I mean, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I really hope what we remember of that moment is not the actual him on the ground. It's that. I'll be right uh, back. Yeah, I really hope we remember. Snoop Dogg's commentary where he says, Nate from the hood, he'll shake that off. <laughs> that is the greatest commentary to that moment ever. <laughs> Did you see, by the way, we didn't talk about this because we didn't go off on it the other day. Did you see that Snoop Dogg wants three years and $15 million from a sports network? That is genius, by the way. Oh, I, I assume he's going to get that. I mean, I think Snoop made a lot. Snoop was the big winner that night. There's no yeah. doubt about that. That guy, and- that guy is living his best life in his kind of, I, I'm assuming he still puts out albums, but like in his media Hollywood life, like he's just picking and choosing what fun he has and he is, he is living it up. Like well, he- I'll tell you, and Jerry would know this too, but one thing that came out of the whole Nate Robinson thing is, did you see the Shaq tweet? No, it was a Shaq. Robinson tweeted out, look, things didn't go the way they wanted to, but I'm glad I did it, whatever. Shaq just tweeted, love you, bro, because they played together as a Celtic 
for yep. that one year when Shaq was here. Yep. He said, love you, bro. Great job. And by the way, I remember that time you kicked that guy's butt in that nightclub in Boston. Yes. And yes. all I thought is, you know what? If I could pick one teammate, I think Shaq is pretty high on the list. Because yes. even in that moment, whenever Steph Curry tweeted what he tweeted about Nate Robinson. Yep. Shaq still had his back and still said, love you, man, and and gave you – and by the way, don't forget, you're tougher than most of these hombres. Well, it's like – I thought Shaq was awesome. Not to compare, like, a podcast, but, like, if you guys are making fun of me in the moment, if I go to defend myself on why you guys are – I just look like the asshole in this situation. Right. The, the fact of the matter is not to – I mean, this was a comedy event for the most part, I feel like. The, the fact was Nate Robinson trained for that thing for two months. The other guy was, has been boxing for two years. You know, like it's not even a, even if they were the same size, it's not a fair fight based on that alone. Jerry, I know we're short on time, but do you remember when uh, Fox was doing celebrity boxing briefly? Not really. No. Well, they did. They had a little show. I mean, yeah, Jose Canseco was in it. Um, yes. Yeah, I think Danny, he was. Danny Bonaducci. Yeah. Do you know why it ended? No. Because of Bonaducci. Bonaducci oh, yeah. got in there against Screech. Uh, and Screech thought this was a fun put on thing. And Bonaducci smacked him. And Screech did the, you know, no moss. I don't want any part of this. And Bonaducci was punching him in the mouth pretty hard. And they realized they were going to, we can't do this anymore. Like not every, one of the problems with this is you never know what, how seriously the other guy's taking it. Right. Like at some point, didn't Roy Jones right before the bell go, I don't know. Can this guy kill me even in his fifties? He had to have had that moment. And then after like the third or fourth punch, he must have said, okay, I'm at least going to survive this. But that's scary. It's, this stuff can and, be real. And they're both. May Robinson found out. Rarely, if you're over 50, you, you know, you shouldn't take your shirt off anyway. And you take your shirt, even, even a guy like Tyson, who's in great shape, is looking a little bloated. Roy Jones does not look like a, a middleweight at all. He's, he's over 200 pounds now, and it, it's not all muscle. You just don't look good. And you don't move the same, and it just doesn't feel right when you're in your 50s, even though they're very famous and Tyson is still capable of killing somebody. It just doesn't have that same feel of any minute now this 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 guy could just take your head off, even even though it's Tyson. I mean, it wouldn't work for most others. Can you imagine, you know, uh, Evander Holyfield? I, I, mean, I mean, any of these guys, they're going to look fat and old and slow and 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 and, and, and just over the hill. It, it, it's not going to work for too many other guys uh, like it works for Tyson just because he's Tyson, you know, and he's so dangerous and he's so crazy. Is the Tyson so Connor McGregor thing coming at some point, Jerry? Is that where this <laughs> ultimately leads? And we all no, buy it because we're stupid. Right. No, that didn't work last time when uh, McGregor tried boxing. It just didn't but that work. That was a real fighter. I mean, this other guy's going to get it. What's the, Who's the guy that knocked out Nate Robinson? Uh, what's his name? Logan? Jake Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul. Yeah, Jake Paul, the brother. He's going to get the McGregor fight because he's got how oh, long. Yeah. It's going to be a publicity stunt. He's got so he owns YouTube, and that's right. why McGregor's going to do it. And it's it's going to be. A and joke. they probably made a fortune on this buy-in because yep. people were bored and said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And you know, I don't know if they regret it. Everyone thinks the best part of it was Snoop Dogg just you know doing the color commentary, and maybe it was. But uh, I I bought the fight with Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao, and it was the it pissed me off so much. I think it was a hundred bucks. And it was awful. And I just felt like such a fool. And I said, I'll never do that again. And I was sitting there Saturday night saying, you know, we all were. Maybe, Are we going to do this? You know, we? My, my son had never seen Tyson fight. And he wanted to see. But, and I said, you know, if it's, if it's really good, 
you'll get some on YouTube. You'll find it. We'll watch it another day. And I, and I was close to, to clicking on it, but I didn't. And I'm, I'm glad I didn't. It sounded kind of boring. And I, you know, don't care about Snoop Dogg. Or I don't care about Jake Paul either. So, um, we'll see. I'll probably get sucked in next time if they, uh, come up with another, uh, you know, good celebrity fight. I think it'll be Tyson and Holyfield, right? Isn't that the next logical one? Next logical one. But hold on, back to your point that you had to order that Pacquiao Mayweather fight because that was the greatest, one of the greatest days in sports because it was Kentucky Derby, Pacquiao Mayweather, and a Bruins playoff and a big Bruins playoff game. I forget which year, but that was a, that was great. That was 2011, right? Is that what it was? Is that long ago? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. But it was, the, the the fight was awful, and I was like, I cannot believe I just not only did I piss away hundred bucks, Jerry, but any I of your night. Any of your 50 greatest sports days in your life involved the Kentucky Derby, Jerry? No, what is that? Yeah. such a poser on this stuff. No, 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 no. That was I'm great. Not, that was great game, I went to a few of them. I went to them, and I, I, one I'll never forget. I hung out with Bob Newmeyer the whole week. It was like, you know, hanging out with uh, royalty yeah. and stayed mm-hmm. right there at the nice hotel. And it was an experience, I have to say, but I never got the bug. I've been to Suffolk Downs. I've been to all these tracks as a sports writer. My, my grandfather was the controller at uh, Suffolk Downs. My uncle worked there. I, I never got the bug. I, I've seen a million horse races. I never really cared who won. It was not not my thing. But So you're into tree lightings, just not horse races? Not into gambling. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, like, I like gambling on like football because I feel like I know the game, but I don't know horse racing. And people who say they do generally don't. It's, no. it's well, it's a bunch of crap. That's a good day. If you've never done Saratoga, you got to do Saratoga. That's a that's a great experience. That's a great time. Yeah, sure. yeah I've got it. So, so this is where Cullahan does Cullahan does this, where he throws something out, assuming that nobody's done it. I I got sucked into the Saratoga thing. Trust me, Jerry. It's a, Jerry. You ever do Bunker Hill Monument? Oh, you got to do it up until you <laughs> yeah, get a freedom trail. You, think, you, you think do it, and you go, "Why did I do this?" That's Saratoga. You think I go to the Patriots game to watch the Patriots? I'm going for the tailgating, and Saratoga is a fantastic tailgating experience. So you got to yeah. yeah. Don't drive after you tailgate no. in Saratoga like uh, someone we know. I I did Bunker Hill to the top 294 steps. It's and I ran. I was going to run the whole thing. I ran about you know twenty steps, and then you gas and you walk the rest. <laughs> like a good idea. Until. It's a good workout. Go to the top. I never knew you could go to. I don't think you can now because of COVID. But uh, all you do is go in there, go to the top, take a look around, come back down, and you get a good sweat. I I recommend it. But uh, the rest of the Freedom Trail, I don't even know what it is. <laughs> People say you done the Freedom Trail. I swear I don't. Know. I live near it. I don't even know what it is. You know, like. The, the North Church is that what it is? I don't even know what else is on it. <laughs> You're the historian. There's, there's some guys in costume on Boston Common. Like, <laughs> hey, look, it's Paul Revere. I guess we'll play along for right. 20 seconds. All right, VB, I will let you go. Get those kids in front of that computer screen for some more remote learning. You know what? They're all going to grow up to be serial killers. I think that's the thank you, thank you, inevitable <laughs> result of virtual learning and no interaction with other kids. They're all going to end up like Travis Bickle. That's what's going to happen. Your kids, Cullinane's kids, uh, it's too late for mine, you know, but hey, just listen. It's to a good podcast when you work in Jaws, All the Right Moves, and Taxi Driver. <laughs> listen to Dr. We nailed Fauci. it today. Listen to Fauci. He says, put the kids back in school after they've been out for nine months. What madness we're living through here in America. But thank you, DB. And thanks to Shake Concrete and Allied Paving. And thanks to DCU. And thanks to everybody who's listening and subscribing. Please 
subscribe. Tell your friend. Tell them to subscribe. We need them. We need subscribers. Uh, anything else, Colin? A, what I missed? The PB no, Cafe, but we'll get to that That's day. fine. That's fine. I like to give shout outs at the end now, and I got to give a shout out. A comeback story that we're all looking forward to is Felicity Huffman. Uh, welcome back to Hollywood, and we're all looking forward to watching this ridiculous. I, I have trouble, and I'm sure you guys can relate. I feel like I would do lots of things to help my kids. And if I had that kind of money and I thought I could get my dumb kid into school, I wouldn't hesitate. Nope. And there's a fine line. I could rationalize it. There's, if you write a check and hand it to the school, it's legal. If you write a check and hand it to the, you know, water polo coach, you go to prison. <laughs> it just feels like I could rationalize it. Say instead of giving this money to the, you know, alumni fund or whatever, the, the, the official campus, you know, uh, uh, donations department, if I give it to the fencing coach, and the kid gets in, eh, I could live with that. doesn't feel like I'm committing any crimes. Well, it turns out you are, and you have to go to prison. So I don't, you know, I'm glad. She already got out of prison, Felicity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's tougher for, she's tougher for it. Yeah. And, Easier. And, and you know what? They should be able to work again. You shouldn't be blackballed just for trying to help your dumb kid get into college. But anyway, good luck to uh, Lori Laughlin and uh, Felicity Huffman. Um <laughs> All right, that's it. We gotta, we gotta go. This uh, NFL's kicking off in five minutes. We got the, the Tuesday morning game, and I can't wait. This is the Callahan Podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. I can I go home. The Jerry Callahan Podcast.